All right, y'all, what is going on? It's time for another edition of Never Out of Bounds. Of course, this is the place where you can say what you want as long as you got them facts. And today we have a few few major topics to get into. Uh, we have the War on the Street segment I'm getting into first. Uh, we're going to be talking about the U.S. and China rather briefly because I want to get into some more uh, dialogue with that. So, And I do have some stuff on the back burner with that. So I just wanted to kind of give you the gist of kind of what's going on, what the big issue is there. And then also we're going to have uh, just another report, this one from uh, U.S. News, talking about racial disparities within the healthcare system. I know, shocking, right? Um, and then also I wanted to talk about just some brief thoughts, of course, about Kyle Rittenhouse. I didn't even watch the trial. Uh, parts of it I watched, uh, but I kind of... I had a, a feeling about where it could already, where it was going to more likely go. So I didn't invest myself completely in it, but I do have some thoughts on that. Um, I'm also going to be getting into some college football. Uh, we're going to be previewing the top four in the playoff rankings, pretty much uh, what they're going to be doing tomorrow. I also have some Mel Tucker news as well. And then uh, we're going into um, some NFL news on top of that. Dallas Goddard, Dallas Goddard has re-signed with the Eagles. Uh, we're going to be breaking down some Thursday night football. And I'll also uh, kind of discuss... Again, um, I didn't really go deep into this story, but more um, just kind of my thoughts and feelings on what happened with the uh, Zach Stacy uh, situation. And then finally, uh, we're going to wrap everything up <clears throat> with some MLB updates. We're going to be going over the awards, uh, AL, NL MVP, Cy Young Award winners, Rookie of the Year, and of course, the Manager of the Year. Uh, there's going to be, the I think they're getting the final uh, votes together for the all MLB teams and stuff like that. So we will get that as that comes along and also get into some MLB free agency as well. So uh, a lot to talk about over the course of the weekend and, you know, which I want to get into. Of course, uh, we still have some, well, I have some YouTube projects I have to get through. So here we are tonight. Um, let's just go ahead and get into it with the word on the street. And of course, like I said before, the U.S. and China has kind of been, you know, in a in a semi-beef kind of lately. Um, a lot of this recently, well, there's a bunch of reasons behind this, but uh, more so recently, it's been with the uh, the situation going on with Taiwan. Uh, recently, China has showed some aggression toward Taiwan, uh, trying to get them back within mainland, the mainland China, at least, you know, the communist fold. Uh, there's a, and this is why I wanted to break this deeper down. It'll definitely be a YouTube segment that I'm going to get into. I know I have so many that I need to finish up on. I know, guys, give me some time. It's going to happen. Sorry, guys. I work, too. Uh, so, anyways, uh, Taiwan is the biggest issue here uh, between the U.S. and China. And just to kind of, again, I'll, I'll get more into... Uh, all this later, but just the kind of skinny of what I can kind of understand. Uh, this does go back into Chinese. Uh, there was a, a Chinese civil war, Chinese history. There was a Chinese civil war, uh, and pretty much the Nationalist Party, uh, which is separate from, of course, the Communist Party that you see in uh, running out of Beijing now, is different than the National Party that you see in, China, in Taiwan, the Nationalist government there. So they're actually the same people. They're actually Chinese. And you have these this this tension that's been going on for a long time because Taiwan has, um, for the most part, been accepted by the U.S. as its own nation, and of course, the, uh, the U.S.'s allies as well. And of course, you know that goes that you know that creates issues with China because China, for a long time now, has been trying to pretty much consolidate all the power from even you know the. The outside regions, such as Macau, or you call them city states, technically, you know, at least kind of from my angle of geopolitics, I would call these city states like Macau and Hong Kong. Uh, they were trying to bring all these together along with mainland China. And because, again, there's a lot of value in these cities. Now, they might disagree with Hong Kong's politics. That mean that maybe, you know, I'm, at this point, I'm referring to mainland China and President Xi Jinping. And if I'm pronouncing that wrong, forgive me i will better understand his name out of respect for you know just him being a person a human being but 
Um, anyways, you know, it, it, there's been this push again under this regime to kind of consolidate all power within China through Beijing and through the Communist Party. And of course, you've seen some pushback, of course, with the dem uh, democratic uh, demonstrations in Hong Kong, etc., etc. And you know, we can talk about all that. Again, this 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 goes this has layers. So again, if if, it, if this interests you, by all means, let me know, and and I'll keep. I'm gonna keep it going at least one more, at least a, a one video segment. We might even be able to go deeper, just because there's a lot of information to get into here. But, anyways, um, long story short. Again, U.S. and China has had issues with, you know, the area known as Taiwan and, you know, its status as, a, as sovereignty, you know. And uh, pretty much uh, uh, Jinping released a warning because, again, they met up this week, uh, Biden and, and uh, Jinping, and, you know, they had a, well, they met up virtually. And, you know, they had this discussion. And he went on to say it's like playing with fire. Those who play with fire get burned. So he's clear. I mean, I I'm not gonna say he's bluffing, but I kind of I, I kind of feel like he's he's saying you don't really want a conflict. This is gonna be a conflict if you get involved. Just kind of turn your head. And you know you see Russia kind of pulling the same thing, and that's a whole different can of worms here. And there are these uh, former again Soviet, you know. For Russia, they were the Soviet Union. They had all these satellites, satellite states that they used to control. And when they crumbled, they lost all that influence. Uh, China, for the most part, um, it was it's an ally with, uh, of course, with Russia, but it's its own entity as well. That just happens to be communist. At some point, it became its own power. And at this point, it is. You know, it's not just some you know buddy buddy or some number two to you know, the Soviet Union or what is Russia now. So they're both two uh, independent, you know, distinguishable, uh, you would say, communist societies and governments at this point in history. So, again, you know, you have that going on and China's trying to, you know, force his hand in a way. Now, Biden, I don't know what to make of all this, but Biden... At one point, you know, at, at some point is saying he believes in the one China policy, one sovereign Chinese state. Now, the, the question is, what is the what is the Chinese state? Is it just China, mainland China? Does that include Taiwan as well? To me, that's kind of vague. He also said he wants to avoid an open conflict. OK, yeah. Again, so many, so many layers here. We're going to have to get back to this later, definitely. But it's just, you know, again. Uh, drama, you know, it's becoming a proxy war almost. It's getting to that point. So these are tensions that we have to uh, be looking into. This is, you know, there's so much that they're, you know, that they want to distract us with, you know, like Ash, you know, Astro World, and not even so much Astro World because that, you know, that was a serious event. Um, but I do feel, you know, some of these events, you know, particularly with the celebrities, like if we just if we get out of, you know, because there's some thoughts that I feel about, you know, the Kyle Rittenhouse situation and just a, that I'll get into in just a second. Uh, but if we just look at the celebrity bullshit that they want to bombard us with, they want to constantly, you know, bombard us with fucking Will Smith and Jada Pink. Who gives a fuck about what they're going through? We've learned years ago that they have an open relationship. Whatever is coming from that is because they have a distorted stupid ass relationship that they obviously have been basing on bullshit the entire time and it was fake so again not to say that open relationships or polyamorous amorous situations won't work again this is before I get it too far into a different tangent but I'm just saying they're using those things as tools you know um, all these all these different you know like with Kanye for example you know again fuck what he's talking about this is the real issues here and we'll get into the next topic with the racial disparities in the healthcare system which i'm pretty sure you guys should know about particularly those who are non-white you could have experienced this fuck what kanye is talking about on drink champs he can't he has no solutions for this okay that what he's saying, and we have to get into this. I'm gonna get into idol worship at some point too, because I think that's what all that is. And we're gonna, I'm gonna get into that and how I really feel about that, you know, really soon. Because 
again, these are more important issues than whatever anybody really is saying on, on Dream Champs, unless they're talking about this on here. Now, let me know if he if he's really saying some shit about this and really and you know putting his money where his mouth is. Now, I heard about the little school, and that's fine. That's one point that I'll give him above Dr. Umar, because Dr. Umar ain't got shit. He's just hot air. We know that now. But again, there's bigger issues at hand. Okay, I'm not concerned about these people's interviews and what's going on, IG Live. That's not important. That's a distraction. Lil Boosie and Nas X is a distraction. From what? This stuff. Like I said, let's get into this one. Uh, U.S. News uh, article uh, reports racial disparities, like I said, in the healthcare system. Ethnic disparities, of course, uh, this include, uh, sorry, these ethnic disparities in the healthcare include, you know, access to it, quality, and also healthcare services for not just black people, Latinos, and also Native Americans, you know, it's, the, it's what it is. It's not good, but it's, this is what the reality is. So when Kanye saying I'm a billionaire and other people talking about I'm this and Elon Musk come out, I'll, t I'll give up. The, I don't give a fuck. The reality is people ain't got no health care. And this is coming from a senior scientist for the Commonwealth Fund, David Radley. We don't see any equity anywhere in the country, meaning in terms of, you know, health care access, you're getting able, you're able to afford your health care first and foremost. Uh, you being able to get uh, the quality health care that's going to get you better or to figure out what's wrong or whatever to keep you healthy, you're not going to get that if you're not. In, in, and I also believe it's a financial situation as well because there are a few states in which health care is so bad across the board that white people are suffering because of that. And these are, these are all states that I mentioned in my top 10 worst Republican states. It's on my YouTube. Go ahead and check it out. Never out of bounds. Uh, please do so because, again, we have West Virginia, uh, Mississippi, and Oklahoma. Again, we talked about Oklahoma. They took away Medicare for 250,000 citizens in the state. Okay. And we talked about Mississippi, one of the worst states in terms of access and quality. We said all these different things. Uh, high population of obese people. What are they saying is one of the biggest issues in, 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 in COVID uh, issue, uh, problems right now? Complications. Obesity. Wow. We uh, isn't their population about 34%? Big issue. They haven't solved it. And that's been there. That's, but see, also, and also, you know, again, they keep wanting to blame us and trying to blame the populace when at the same time it comes back to the way the government structures how, you know, we get health care and all these different uh, commodities. Y'all rather us pay for it. We can't afford it. Therefore, we don't get it. Therefore, we get these pre-existing health issues that exacerbate what this this so-called virus does. So that's the, that's the problem here. OK, and that's why I keep saying Fuck these celebrity, you know, distractions that are being sent as idols for us. That is wrong, and this is why. Uh, states such as Minnesota ranked third overall in the healthcare system, but yet scored in the 36th percentile for blacks and the 24th percentile for Latinos. Meaning, okay, so for the majority of people that live there, which are Caucasians, let's keep it real here, they get superior quality healthcare. Unfortunately, for the for the other citizens, the black and Latino populations, which are still significantly there, uh, enough to the point where, oh, that healthcare, that same system doesn't do shit for them. How does this work? Y'all tell me. Again, Iowa, um, uh, fourth overall in healthcare, but ranked below average in healthcare, you know, these healthcare scores for black and Latino residents. Again, is it really one country? Are we really that unified? That's what they've been trying to sell to us. I think we as a people, meaning the people that go to work every day, the people that, you know, do small business ventures with each other or whatever, the people that gotta, you know, share space with each other on public transportation, I think those people are trying. I think we as a regular populace are trying, but then we have these 
uh, factions and we have these these media you know entities like Fox News and and CNN that want to harp on you know again and it, and it's okay for us to have our different um, beliefs whether they lean more conservative or even more liberal that's what makes this spicy that's what makes this work you're supposed to have that but again what you're having is these different media corporations and again take it back to the word corporations key term here corporations uh, they are hopping on these different things and they are manipulating uh, these different you know well for one they're manipulating how you know words are used in certain publications they're you know they're changing the way that they present the news to fit whatever narrative they fit this is all about narrative for either side and that's what the media has done and um, let's just go ahead and get some thoughts on some Kyle Rittenhouse before I take a, take a break uh, for a second now again he was found not guilty on all charges uh, wasn't a surprise for me uh, but I stand by this sentiment if it was a black man in the same situation, there wouldn't have been no trial. He would have been murdered on the spot. So I'm not really interested in people like Joe Biden saying that the justice system is somehow not rigged and it's somehow reflective of really what our society. Yeah, our society uh, is does have some disparities, just as just as much as we talked about. Uh, we've seen black men get shot relatively for no reason, and that's those are the issues that we actually actually got issues with and have problems with um again we he, we there might be situations you know where there's a black guy really posing a threat or whatever to a policeman and fine he was justified we not we, we were never hopping on those we were hopping on the ones where the police had already subdued the male or at all or, or the male had already given himself up or really had posed no threat in the beginning because he had no weapon we're talking about people with their hands behind their back let alone with loaded uh fully automatic weapons so i have no sympathy for the man either way i don't see see him as an american hero and as far as joe biden saying this is somehow a good thing for the justice system no it just proves out more disparities and again here we are with the democrat that was voted for telling us you know just to take it again this is why i don't fuck with him again i hope maybe at some point maybe they might put him up for some type of impeachment i'm almost borderline close to saying that i don't like how he rolls he don't i don't fuck with him just like i didn't fuck with trump i'm gonna keep it fair since i said i don't fuck with none of them parties i really don't the more I keep seeing, the more I keep seeing the media, they want to jump on some shit. Oh, oh, Kamala Harris is the first, first female president because the, the motherfucker had a colonoscopy. Don't nobody give a fuck about that, CNN. Get that bullshit news out of here. That's not even a news statement. Is she for real going to be president for like a year, four years? Nobody gives a fuck she didn't win the election. That's just, nobody give a fuck. That's by default. That boo-boo. Get that shit out of here. Anyways... I'm going to take a uh, quick break, y'all. When we get back, we're going to be breaking down some college football. Like I said, we have some news coming out of Michigan State. And then we're going to get into some college football rankings. Just the top four. Uh, we're also going to talk a little bit about the teams on the outside looking in. And then we're going to get into some of the some NFL, uh, some NFL stuff uh, right after that. So I'll be right back, y'all. Uh, news right now is coming out of East Lansing. Of course, like I said, uh, head, co head coach Mel Tucker has decided to uh, stay with uh, the Michigan State Spartans. It's being reported that he's being offered a 10-year, $95 million contract. Uh, again, this is based on a pretty solid year uh, beforehand. Uh, 2020, of course, with COVID, I think they finished with about five wins. I could be wrong. 
Uh, but this year, they've had a good start. They're 9-1 overall. Uh, they are currently tied for the lead in the Big Ten Conference, and they are 7th in the college football, football playoff rankings. Uh, now, Tucker himself does have, does have some roots in the Big Ten. Uh, he was a Wisconsin player. He also was a graduate assistant at Michigan, Michigan State, and he also serves at, served, served as a defensive assistant for Ohio State as well. Uh, he also will go on to be a head coach, I believe, at Colorado for a little while as well. Um, his name was also being linked to LSU and USC. Now, of course, he had, you know, was in, you know, high spirits, high praise for, uh, you know, Michigan State and, you know, how he wanted to make this, you know, better program. He was on uh, Draymond Green's program uh, saying that this was a des pretty much a destination job. I'm paraphrasing, of course, but this is a place that, pl you know, players and coaches should want to go. And I agree with him. I mean, I believe any team within the Big Ten Conference uh, or a major five, a power five conference, meaning the SEC, ACC, Pac-12, whatever, Big 12, should all be considered in that same light. That sh they should all be a destination because, again, these are the teams that are going to be most likely to be on TV, you know, et cetera, network TV, you know, and et cetera, et cetera. So um, I get that, you know, and I think having $95 million offered to you uh, you know, is a good, you know, is definitely a good reasoning behind that and, you know, all that. But um, as far as Michigan State is concerned, um, you know, looking at the guy's track record and I looking at what he's doing this year and it, and, and it looks really good. Uh, 91, that's a really good start. And um, he's getting some solid play, you know, over, he's getting some solid play, to say the least, on both sides of the ball. Actually, let me dial it back just a little bit. I had to, you know, look into my facts just just, a, just for a quick second. I found out something. He actually didn't win five games last season. Season, excuse me. He went two and five. Now again, seven games. He only played. Uh, well, again, because of COVID, shortened everything. I'm looking at that two and five record last season. He went five and seven in Colorado. Overall, he's sixteen and thirteen, which is a winning record. But a lot of that is being driven by the nine and one this year. Now, I'm impressed with what he's done this year, but I'm looking at what he did in the Pac-12, only giving it a year. Okay, that leaves a lot to be desired. His first year went two or five. Again, there were different, you know, there were some, you know, there were some COVID-related restrictions and limitations that the season put on them. So I understand that. And again, they had the big jump, the big spike this year. Now, with that being said, even with that spike. This year, they're nine and one. You know who that loss came to? An unranked Purdue team. Now, earlier, maybe about a week or so ago, when the original rankings first came out, everybody and their mama complained about Michigan being ranked ahead of Michigan State. But my comeback for that was, with you know, I understand whatever Michigan lost to or whatever, or they beat Michigan for that matter. Okay. But they turn around, Michigan State turns around and loses to an unranked Purdue team. It doesn't even just lose. You guys get blown out. So I'm a little bit, I'm saying if I'm the AD, if I'm the head of the football program, whatever, I don't know if I'm putting 10 years into somebody who's giving me, you know, a, a barely a half, well, basically a half a season beforehand. Well, basically, in, in, in maybe 12 games, well, we're into, what, 10 games right now this season. Okay, so he's giving me 17 games. I don't know if that's enough just yet. Because that first year, again, even with the COVID restrictions, he went 2 or 5. He, didn't, he also went in a full season with Colorado. He would go 5 or 7. And again, people have those years. Things go up, things go down. Is he going to have the exact same success next year? Are they directly in that natty talk next season maybe you maybe if they beat Ohio State which we'll break down that game in a second they can but I don't know I think it's a little bit too early to be saying okay let me get let's give you 10 years I don't know you know they have they, again they had a very ugly loss to Purdue uh, they have a solid win versus Michigan but again Michigan over the years has been known to fall apart has been known to come up short 
and choke games away. That's just been the typical Michigan way, unfortunately. Again, that's not who they historically are or want to be. I understand, but again, just calling it how I see it, they're big choke artists on the Jim Harbaugh. So again, not to, not to discredit that win per se, but again, we also have to talk about the loss as well. And that's a very significant loss uh, to Purdue. Uh, they lost by at least 20-something points. It was like 40-something to 20, if I'm not mistaken. 20-something, you know. So not a good look. Uh, but they do have an opportunity of, you know, at some redemption this weekend versus Ohio State. And I believe that is going to be a road game as, as well. So, again, a road win will mean a lot because I think with a win like that, that catapults them into the top four. It might even jump them over Oregon, depending on, of course, how they play. And, uh, yeah, depending on probably how Oregon plays. But that might be enough to, to piggyback them to a number three spot. Again, and that's me being because of where they're at. Me, me understanding where they're at right now. Of course, again, with that loss to Purdue, in my opinion, that should have knocked them out of the top ten. Uh, particularly if, you know, Oklahoma was about number eight. They lost to, you know, um, Baylor at one point, and they fell off, fell down to the wayside to like the 20. So I think, you know, Michigan State is very lucky that they didn't make a, a big drop for one. Uh, but they do have an opportunity to really, you know, to really put themselves on a the map with a win here. Me personally, 10 years is a little bit too long to invest in anybody necessarily, particularly when I only have – maybe a season and a half uh, of him. So, and again, we haven't even really seen him, everything come to fruition just yet. So we don't even really know how successful this team could be. That's just me. But with that being said, his name was being linked to the LSU and USC jobs, but that just goes to show you people love the hot commodity. They love that. They love, they'll jump on that with a heartbeat. If he's not doing nothing the next two years, if Michigan State hasn't made it to the to the national championship or a playoff berth, he'll, you know, he'll go into obscurity. It's just the way it is. Uh, they got some they got some uh, heavy hitters in terms of their uh, boosters, their alumni, really, you know, putting some money into this. So hopefully it pans out. Uh, let's move on. Like I said, to the college football playoff rankings, uh, not much has changed. Of course, it's been the same uh, few teams. Over the past couple of weeks, at number one, we have Georgia, who is 10-0. They are 11th in scoring with 38 points, 38.7 points per game. They're also first in points allowed, just giving up 17.6. Uh, and this week, it's going to be another easy W for them. They're playing against Charleston Southern. You know, I think that's an FCS team. Yeah, FCS team, pretty easy matchup. Nothing significant. It shouldn't, you know, unless they lose, um, it shouldn't really do any, it's not going to do anything really for them, you know, in the grand scheme of things. Again, it's, as, as long as they don't lose. Now, the big thing here is uh, there's some it's uncertainty here at QB. Now, from what I'm hearing, well, from what I know, uh, currently Stetson Bennett is the starter. He's been so multiple games, I think they, I think up to nine of these games. But, um, they have gone out and, and you know, switched, uh, switched up some reps with him and T.J. Daniels. They also, there is also talk that he could take over in the postseason, which I would, I think would be a bad idea. Uh, I'm personally not a, I'm not a fan of the two-quarterback system. I think you need to have that shit figured out because each quarterback carries a different identity and therefore is going to uh, make the offense in a different it will want to run the offense in a different way and it, it might fit them in a different way to do certain things. So I think Georgia needs to figure that out. They need to figure that out before the, the conference championship game and they should be all right. I think they should be rolling with Stetson Bennett. He hasn't led them astray so far. They're still undefeated. I will go with what works. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Moving on to number Bama, uh, sorry, number two, we have Alabama. Uh, nine and one is their current record. They're 21st overall in offense, 19th in rushing, 26th in overall defense. They are 14th, uh, 14th against the run, just giving up about 81 point, every 81 yards a game. Um, this one, they are in an interesting game here, uh, possible trap game. I mean, uh, Arkansas, number 21, Arkansas at seven and three can play above their level, uh, but. Again, I know Alabama is going to be the certain favorite. I think Alabama has what it takes to pull it off. I think they have one of the, in my opinion, 
one of their better quarterbacks in the past few years. They don't talk about this too much, uh, but I think uh, your boy down there is a lot better than what we've seen in previous years, a lot better than Hurts and a lot better than Tua. But that's that's my personal opinion. And number three, we have Oregon at 9-1 as well. Uh, they, have, uh, they have improved defensively over the last couple of weeks, only giving up 20 points a game. There's 273 yards uh, a game as well and 78 yards on the ground combined in both of those games. Of course, they ended up playing Washington and Washington State, but again, they're trying to improve. Uh, this week, they'll be facing off against number 23, Utah, 7-3. This is definitely one of those trap games. Utah is a very potent offensive team. They score 35 points plus a game. Uh, they also lead the Pac-12 in that, and they also 18th, 18th in the nation overall. So um, that one could be a barn burner. Um, and if the Ducks play any 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 way out of sort offensively, meaning you know Anthony Brown throws any type of picks, it could be a disaster. Of course, at number four we have Ohio State, 91. Uh, this week, of course, they're facing up against number seven Michigan State. Again, this is the big the Big Ten de facto, almost de facto championship game. I just I just feel even if Michigan, I don't know, I don't know how to feel about Michigan. Yeah. Ohio State leads the nation in points per game. Sorry, in yards per play. Let me take that back. With eight, uh, eight over eight yards. So again, every play they're almost getting the first down, pretty much. Uh, they also lead the nation in points per game at forty-six point three, and total yards a game at five hundred and fifty. Uh, they also have 90, 93 plays of twenty yards or more. So again, they stretch the ball out. Uh, they're known for their receivers. Uh, they are really potent. Uh, really strong receiving class this year. Uh, defensively for Michigan State, they will be relying on senior safety Xavier Henderson. He leads uh, leads the Big Ten in tackles, also um, tackles for loss, and also he's third on his team in sacks as well. Um, now the Spartans have forced at least one takeaway in the past nine games. Eight different players have an interception. Nine players have forced fumbles, including linebacker Jeff uh, Piotrowski. He has forced three. So again. This one is going to be hard, particularly with you know with the way Ohio State plays offense. You know, Michigan State gave up a lot of points to Purdue. Again, if they, I mean, if they can force turnovers, then by all means, yeah. But they're gonna to have to be, they're gonna to have to be ready to put up a lot of points. I don't know if Michigan State has the offensive, the offensive firepower to do so. So, I, I'm, I'm leaning towards uh, Ohio State in that game. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. <laughs> uh, but a couple teams on the outside looking in, we have at uh, number five, Cincinnati, who was 10-0. And then, of course, we have at number six, Michigan at 9-1. and uh, Michigan is currently 34th in scoring with 34 points a game, 34.7. They're 29th in rushing. They're also fourth in points allowed, which is 16. And uh, this week, they'll be facing up against a middle-of-the-road Maryland team. They're currently 5-5. Five and five. I definitely got Michigan winning that game pretty should be pretty easily, but again, if they were to the choke, you know, it wouldn't surprise me because that's what they've been doing under Jim Harbaugh. So that there you go. Uh, let's move on. We're going to talk some NFL. Um, one of the news stories that I'm going to get into first, of course, Dallas Goddard. He signs an extension with the Eagles, uh, four years, fifty-nine million. Uh, he'll be around until 2025. He's getting thirty-seven and a half million guaranteed. Now this deal was not necessarily uh, official, or you know, wasn't was up in the air because of Zach Ertz. There wasn't, you know, there wasn't really a decision on what they wanted to do with him. But they, I guess, they decided to trade him, opening up the opportunity to resign Goddard. I guess Goddard has been, you know, doing his job, and uh, actually by the stats, it looks like he has uh, the second pick in 2018, uh, second round pick, excuse me, in 2018. Uh, second on the team in targets and uh, in receptions. He has 39 targets for 29 receptions. He's also second on the team in receiving yards at 429. Uh, overall in his career, he's had uh, he's he has over 1,800 receiving yards and also 14 touchdowns. So definitely a definitely a part of that Eagles passing offense. So it makes sense. Uh, Zach Ertz, you know, probably wasn't going to be the guy of the future. He's definitely up there in age. Um, yeah. Dallas Goddard. That makes it. I mean, that's a smart move for the Eagles. Definitely. Uh, let's move on. 
Um, before we get into Thursday night football, I did want to shed my little thoughts on uh, what went on with uh, Zach Stacy, um, running back out of Vanderbilt. Did find his way into the NFL, I believe, 2015 around that time. Uh, didn't really work out. Uh, recently, he uh, got into some altercation again. Uh, more of the details will come out. I'm pretty sure soon. Uh, but apparently, you know, he spazzed out on his ex-girlfriend. Uh, his kid was around. Another kid was around as well. Um, uh, and he went. He, you know, started to go upside the head. Apparently, he threw her into some TV. And then this is, of course, this is coming from the police report and the articles himself. Uh, this one I got from, uh, uh, sorry, CBS Sports. And, um, you know, just, just a crazy event. I don't know what triggers do to go off on people like that. Um, of course, we'll, he'll probably say something or something to be revealed to us as to why uh, he might have gone that way. Uh, it's an unfortunate thing, but you gotta learn uh, as a as a man. You can't you can't do that, bro. I don't know the exact situation, of course, and what would make him flip like that. But you gotta, as men, you gotta do better. It ain't about it being a white woman or him hitting on a woman, but it's a bad look because it looks like, you know, every time we seem to be getting into something, they got us on the camera. So it looks like they want to kind of put us down and, and they're trying to, you know, I mean, I don't know, it's a setup almost. So you got to be careful. You know, they're looking to put you on camera right away. And uh, she had them and put them on IG or some shit like that. This to me is weird. I don't know why people record that type of shit. Like, I will go straight to the authorities, but again, uh, maybe she needed some type of evidence to show people that that's what he's been doing. Maybe this is not a repeat. Maybe this is a repeat, you know, offense for him um, in terms of doing that type of stuff. I'm not for putting hands on on uh, people like that. Again, I don't, I don't see where she posed any type of physical threat to him. But again, we don't know exactly what was said or what might have triggered that. So, you know, and there's a lot of games that both sides play. So, you know, you don't want to get too far into that, but I will say this. Don't put your hands on them. Just kind of, you got to walk away. You got to learn to walk away from that, particularly now where it seems like, I mean, I'm, it's just what I'm seeing. It just seems like they're going to try to put you on social media and let everybody see it and everybody going to jump on you and you're going to have a, a certain feeling about you. And uh, it's kind of like you condemn yourself right off the top. So I wouldn't do that to myself. Uh, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't suggest other people do it either. <laughs> so, um, and he happened to be with a white girl, and I don't think that makes a difference. Black girl, white girl, we saw what the baby did, what his baby mama. I don't know what all that is about, putting all this shit on social media, let everybody see your drama, able to look into you like that. I, some things we don't need to know, and um, some things we don't need to see. And when it, that was uh, something that Zach shouldn't have showed the world, and it shouldn't have been revealed to the world. But uh, obviously, uh, he has a problem with putting his hands on uh, women, and that has to be that can't be that can't be condemned or sorry that can't be condoned so moving on before i let y'all go uh, we're going to take one last break here but before i let y'all go one more time uh, we're going to get into some thursday night football just a brief little synopsis uh patriots get it done 25 to 0 again the falcons just look like trash um but apparently i mean but <laughs> but uh, uh, the patriots moved to seven to four the falcons four and six like i said trash uh, in this game, the Patriots, uh, Mac Jones will go uh, 22 of 26, 207 yards. He would throw a touchdown, but he would throw a pick. Nelson Aguilar would catch that touchdown. Uh, Kyle Van Noy, uh, he had a good game with eight total tackles and interceptions. So good, in fact, that the NFL decided to drug test him the day after. Bullshit. Y'all full of it. The NFL so full of it. Y'all get the fuck out of here. Y'all fake. Anyways, uh, the Patriots uh, forced four total picks. They also forced four sacks. Again, for the Falcons, garbage, 165 total yards, three quarterbacks, four, four interceptions between the three of them. Trash, Max Ryan threw for two. When are you going to retire, dude? It ain't worth it. Y'all not going to win nothing. Y'all not winning. I don't think Atlanta cares about winning. So they got other things that they care about. Atlanta ain't even about the, 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 the Falcons. I don't even think they care about their sports team. They don't seem to be like a sports city. I don't think they into it enough for me. That's why that's that's one of the reasons why Atlanta teams I stopped respecting. I don't think they see he cares about them too much. I'd be like, oh, here come Atlanta. Oh, okay. They they did up their stadium again. Great. Okay. Oh, they have New Jersey's awesome. They still gonna not go to the playoffs. 
Oh, Matt Ryan, he threw for a bunch of yards. Did they make the playoffs? No. That's that's Atlanta. Nobody cares about them. Again, 3.2 yards for play, garbage. Talk about the four sacks allowed. I mean, come on, man. All over the place. You're wasting you're wasting Matt Ryan's twilight years. You might as well trade him to get something better. Uh like a like, you know, get let's get some draft picks and start over again. Let him go to some somewhere and try to win one last time, maybe. I don't know if he got it in him, to be honest with you. Um, but anyways, I'm gonna take another quick break. When we come back, we're gonna be talking some uh major league baseball. We're gonna get to these awards. All right, y'all. I'll be right back. up for tonight like i said we recently had up the well we recently wrapped up the mlb awards at least part one uh, we got the major uh they got the major awards out the way M- uh, sorry mvp uh cy young rookie of the year manager manager of the year we're gonna break it down for a little bit let's get into it in the al uh our mvp is gonna be shue odani of the angels of course the designator designated hitter slash pitcher this year, he would have over 30 home runs, over 30 strikeouts. Uh, that hasn't been done since Babe Ruth, I believe, in 1918. Uh, but he would have 46 home runs, to be exact, and also 156 strikeouts. So really good in both stats. I believe he was uh, one of the top home run hitters of the season, if not number one. I think he was second to Vlad Guerrero um, in that category, who he beat out, uh, you know, Nonetheless, uh, this year he had a 257 average with 103 total runs scored. Uh, he was nine and two on the mound in terms of his win and loss. Uh, he had a 318 ERA, uh, which was one of the I think top three, uh, at least in the uh, at least in the in the major league, a top three or four, something like that. I know it was top ten, uh, but he had a 1.090 ERA again, top ten. Uh, he also had a nine point one went above replacement, which is the best in Major League Baseball. Of course, him being able to hit the ball and also him being able to pitch, I think that has a lot to do with that. Uh, he's the second Japanese player to win the award, of course, Ichiro being the first to win it. So uh, there is some significance there. So good uh, good luck on Shue. Uh, really good season for him. Uh, he beat out you know, some really good players, but he did it in tremendous fashion. He was a unanimous MVP. Uh, he had to beat out Vlad Guerrero, at least. That's the main name I know about. Uh, but again, and Vlad Guerrero was tr- close to hitting a triple crown. So, again, uh, one of the best seasons uh, so far I've seen from a two. Well, I've, I've, I have personally, I don't think I can re- remember seeing two-way players up until him, at least uh, since I've been around. Uh, moving on for the National League, their MVP is going to be Bryce Harper, left fielder from Philly. Uh, seven, uh, sorry, 17 out of 31st place votes. Uh, he would go and beat out Juan Soto of the Nationals and Fernando Tatis Jr. for his second MVP, uh, his first with the Phillies. And this is one of the few guys who, who's won the award with two teams. Uh, this year, he had a 1.44 OPS with 35 home runs and also 84 RBIs. He also go out, go on to have an average of three batting average of 309. Now, of course, the Phillies would come up a little bit short in their playoff hunt, uh, but again, uh, the success that they did have and the, the streaks that they did were able to get on were that directly pretty much correlated with his production. Uh, moving on to the AL, uh, sorry, the AL Cy Young winner, of course. This is the award for the best pitcher in that league. We got Robbie Ray from the Blue Jays. Uh, he was pretty much, uh, yeah, he was a free agent coming into the situation. He's going to be a free agent coming into this season. Uh, but he was 284 ERA, was the best in the AL. Uh, he's also pitched, he also pitched in 193 in, in one third inning, which is a high. 
highest in, in baseball. Also had 32 starts. He led in that stat as well. 154 ERA plus and a 1.045 whip, meaning he ain't giving up a whole lot of walks or hits. It's hard to it's hard to have some it's hard to have offense on him, pretty much. He also led the AL with 248 strikeouts. Moving on to the NL Cy Young, we had Corbin, bon- Cor- Corbin Burns, excuse me, of the Brewers, 11 and five win loss record, 2.43 ERA. That would lead all of baseball. He had a 95 an hour cutter that he would use pretty much 90, I think 50 percent of the time, holding his opponents to a 3.28 slugging percentage, meaning. They are not getting extra base hits too much. They are not driving the ball on him. It's hard. Uh, he struck out 58 batters before his first walk last uh, this season. He'd also lead the MLB in strikeout percentage at 35%. So somebody that controls the stuff on the mound. Uh, if we look at the record, the record, you know, uh, that's not the the be all end all with the pitcher. You really, like I said, you really want to look at the ERA, the WHIP, only because you know there's so much more that goes into winning and losing, particularly for a pitcher. That's you know that comes down to your team and also your bullpen as well. Um, uh, for Corbin Burns, Corbin Burns. I don't know why I keep wanting to pronounce that wrong. Corbin Burns. He also had the league's best strikeout to walk ratio with six point eight eight. 6.88 uh, so he's striking you out you're not walking on him those are the things that you want to look for in a pitcher not so much win and loss uh, although that is a factor but like I said strikeout to walk ratio strikeout percentage all good things uh, let's move on to the rookie of the year we have Randy Arena. this comes without no surprise the left footer from Tampa Bay uh, he had 20 home runs he led all rookies in that stat. He also led the rookies in twenty in steals as well with twenty. Uh, he also was the third rookie uh, to accomplish the twenty twenty stat in this decade. Uh, so two seventy four average with led all rookies as well. He also led rookies in runs scored at ninety four, doubles at thirty two, walks with fifty six, and on base percentage at three fifty six. So again, great hitter, gets on base. He's a he's a threat to all all pitchers. Uh, he had a .815 OPS. He was also graded a plus one uh, in his uh, outs above average, and had seven runs saved, seven defensive runs saved at his position. So a great bat. Uh, he can also play defense as well. He also again showed up in the postseason. Uh, so somebody that's man uh, again. He's gonna be one of the one of the great stars in my opinion, um, going into you know later on in his career, going into the future. Uh, let's move on to the National League. We have Jonathan India of the Reds, uh, second baseman here. He was added to the roster late in the spring and wasn't even projected to make the final roster, but will become the team's youngest opening day starter. On top of all that, he led all the uh, he led the MLB in on base percentage at 376 and also in doubles with 34. He also led in walks uh, at uh, 71. And, um, excuse me, so that for Rosarena, he actually was uh, second in uh, second overall with rookies in terms of walks, but first in the American League. So, uh, correction there. Uh, for Jonathan India, he also led in runs scored in 98. Uh, also had uh, was second in OPS with 835. Actually, was first in OPS with an 835. He led his team in stolen bases on top of that with 12. So again, uh, versatile player. Uh, I, I had not heard of him until this season, but uh, but again, the more I looked into the Reds and more into why, because again they were close to making the playoffs as well. But when you start looking into why they were doing so well and what kind of put them on the map. Again, his production was definitely a part of that. If you would look at their stats, he, his name continually was popping up. Um, let's move on to the manager of the year. Uh, in the National League, we have Gabe Kepler of the San Francisco Giants. He won 28 of 30 first place votes. His team was projected to win 70 games, 73 games, and this was back in March. And again, I had them not winning the division as well, um, at least finishing third. I didn't have them. I didn't have a number of wins projected just yet, but. 
I didn't see them getting that many, but I was wrong as well. They ended up with 106. They were 50. Sorry, they were 35 and 28 against teams above 500. I think that's the big deal. He, he they beat good teams, and so they really looked good this year. Uh, they were second in team OPS with 769. They were also second. They were also second, excuse me, in home runs with 941 as a team, of course. And they were second in team ERA with 324, and they were second in WHIP with a 1.10. Moving on, we have AL, the AL Manager of the Year, Kevin Cash of the Tampa Bay Rays. This is his second straight Manager of the Year award. Uh, this is the first time in AL history that a, that a manager has won back-to-back -back awards. Uh, but he well, he did his thing. He uh, led the race to a franchise record 100 wins. Again, another playoff run, uh, deep playoff run on top of that. Uh, he had the best, this team had the best run differential in the American League with a plus 206. They also had a top 10 team in batting and pitching with a 3.67 ERA on 1.17 whip. Again, he had the rookie of the year. Again, he had multiple people in, in run for these different awards. I wouldn't be surprised if there's going to be at least one or two people from the Rays that are on the all MLB team. Again, and this is all done with a with a smaller budget than probably even Oakland. So, I mean, again, they, you can make an argument for one of those who has the worst budgeting situation, but they both have one of the lowest payrolls in the league. And, again, uh, for Kevin Cash, he's consistently getting his team deep into the playoffs. So that means something. All right, y'all, I'm going to call it a wrap for tonight. I will be back soon this weekend. Uh, we have some championship boxing to go over. We have Terrence Crawford uh, taking on Sean Porter. Long, uh, long overdue. A good chance to see some good action. So I'll be recapping that. Also, college football. We also, I also want to get into some college basketball uh, for the end of the week and also some N NBA action. And uh, I will be on standby for the rest of these uh, MLB awards. And then, of course, we have Sunday coming up with some NFL action. You might hear more of my NFL takes, more so Monday night after Monday night football has been wrapped up. But uh, I will be leaving some links available for you guys. If you are looking to get in touch with me, again, I got those links for you. If anybody hasn't told you yet, I love you. Peace out. One love. And I'll let you guys later. Y'all have a good night.